0: Hi, I'm Lynn and I'm Amanda, and this is The Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast. This podcast is all about taking
1: action and creating that badass business abundance and life that you want,
0: where we share stories, laughs, wins, and epic fails to show you the whole picture of the entrepreneurial journey. It's not just unicorns and rainbows, people. Jump on and follow us through this raw and witty rollercoaster. coaster. Where
1: we get down and dirty and go behind the scenes of life and entrepreneurship.
0: Get on it, get over it, and get after it. Hi, I'm Lynn. And I'm Amanda. Welcome to the Pursuit of Badassery, the podcast. Today, we have another amazing guest with us. We are talking about sales in honor of our book that just came out, talking about sales. And we brought on Samantha King today. She is an online course sales expert. And she is going to give us all the nitty gritty about what that means to her, how you build audiences, how to use strategy in sales. And we are so excited to have you on the show today. So uh, welcome to the Pursuit of Badassery, Samantha.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to chat with you, but I also just want to praise you on having a podcast. Like you guys are talking about sales right now on your podcast. I mean, this is the one thing we as business owners... Never think that we're going to do right. We open the doors because we're passionate, we have a skill set, and then we end up wearing all the hats. And then we kind of like avoid the sales hat, and then we realize we can't avoid it anymore. So I'm so excited to be talking about this with you. And thank you so much for shining a light on it.
0: Oh, um, um, absolutely. I, sorry. Yes, no. I love it. No, Lynn, Lynn and I were saying the same thing. I love that you said that because that is such a topic that I always have to coach on because I, you have all this passion for what you're doing. And, and that's why you start a business. And then suddenly you have to put on the sales hat and there are so many negative connotations and these, these preconceived notions about what being a salesperson is. But when you're an entrepreneur, everything you do is part of your sale. And it's so important to create a strategy and to be okay with that and to embrace the sales process because that is your business. If you don't do sales, you're not going to go anywhere, no matter how amazing your idea or product or service is.
1: Well, not only that, sorry, not only that, but also like those of us who love sales and are good at sales, we get bogged down by everything else. And actually we were having the reflection last week about like, you know, I love sales. And I I was speaking with a girlfriend and she's like, I'm going to do $10,000 in 10 days and this is how I'm going to do it. And I was like, dang, like I can remember being in sales way back in the day in my early 20s and like selling pagers and phones and like making those last minute calls the last few days of the month to hit my quota and like exceed my quota and we we tend to even those of us that love sales tend to like get away from that even if we do have a process in place like it's the easy thing to to ignore when we really should be doing mm-hmm. that so I love this
2: absolutely
0: so, uh, what do you feel? Oh go,, go ahead, Lynn, go ahead,, no. I was talking. <laughs> we're all gonna jump in. We love sales, <laughs> so we're all excited. Oh, yes. So, yes.
1: Uh, what well, let's start with how did you get started in sales?
2: So it's actually a really interesting story because I mean, I did like retail in my teens and I always tell people like I worked at Blockbuster and if you know me, that probably doesn't surprise you because I think in TV and movie lines. So like that's my retail, you know, I was in retail. That was probably my last retail experience, but my real awakening in sales was when I was selling textbooks to schools. So I'll go back a little bit and say, like, I'm a teacher. I went to teacher's college. I have a Bachelor of Education. I mean, no surprise, I'm working in online courses. But back then, I was kind of trying to... Teaching wasn't really hiring in Ontario at that time. It was hard to get in. And so I was trying to find a job that would kind of mesh with that, right? A little bit of transferable skills. So I was selling textbooks to schools, and it was actually inside sales. And it was more telesales than anything else so I think that would really be my first like that was my first foray into like hardcore sales and I was making you know 200 calls a day to schools getting in with you know getting in touch with secretaries who were kind of gatekeepers and I think we all know who the gatekeepers are in our industry we remember who the gatekeepers are right yes yes so You know, there's that piece of like putting yourself out there getting blocked by the gatekeeper, you know, trying to ask the questions that are going to help you qualify because you're going to call back again. It's going to help you qualify and come up with a better strategy for the next call before, you know, the secretary is like, okay, thanks, bye, and hangs up on you. Um, and, And that was really my first experience. And, you know, sales is a numbers game. So the more calls I made, the better the chances that I was going to find somebody who wanted to talk to me about the product I was selling. And I feel like, you know, it was such a shock because I don't think I have ever had that much rejection in such a short period of time,
0: right? Have or you tried not- online dating?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I actually, it's funny. I actually haven't. I've been with my husband since high school, so I've never done the dating role. So maybe this, that was my, that was my experience with online dating too, I guess, right?
0: Yes. Yes. It- Telemarketing is rough like all the all, I mean my first couple sales projects uh again I started in retail too so you know schlepping stuff at old navy for years and then moving into more like making the calls all the time and it's it's a lot of rejection I think it's what a lot of people fear in sales is that constant you just you have to grow a little bit of a thick skin about I it. know it's not personal that people are hanging up they have other things in their lives but you do get hung up on a lot, you get rejected a lot and then you make a lot of sales as well. So it's, you know, you, you've got to make the calls though if you're going to try to- a marketing day. Yeah. So I love
2: them. I mean, like I you're never going to know if they want something like you, we are here and yes, we have a passion. We have something we're excited about, whether it's the course creators that I work with or um, sometimes I even work with makers to create courses, right, they're selling a product. You know, you're very excited about this, but you can't get it into the hands of the people who need it if Mm -hmm. you skip the sales process right like the the whole field of dreams if you build it they will come that's not how business works you've got to get out there and you've got it you've got to put yourself out there and exactly what you said i mean the funniest part of that whole experience was i had a script in my head and uh by the time i was done do that job i had the script in my head and i was Pregnant at the time, I ended up going off on maternity leave and I didn't return back to that position. Um, But I I swear, I thought my daughter was going to come out saying the name of the product I was selling because it was like (laughs) constantly like these are the words that we're using. And I actually found it exciting by the end of it because I found my natural strategist Skill set. So within nine months, I was able to figure out a board, a major board in Ontario, and kind of crack open who the key decision makers were and could advise the outside sales reps and my bosses on a strategy to tap that market, to get our product into that market. And I think that, you know, there was a sense of accomplishment from the girl who started there, you know, 18 months ago. Within nine months, I had achieved this. And I was like, wow, like I had no experience in sales, but it was being open to rejection it was also learning from the people who are around me like not Mm -hmm. hesitating to like and and we don't always have that when we're business owners i mean we know that sometimes it's you know watching somebody else selling in our niche and trying to and trying to figure out and this is just me i like to sit there and go how are they making money on that right Mm -hmm. how are they doing that um but i think that's such an important thing is you can never stop growing and you do have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and Absolutely. you've got to, you've got to the biggest other thing was like at three 30, when the schools got out, no matter where I was calling in Canada, I needed to make sure I stopped everything else that I was doing and put those calls. It, it started making those calls. Cause I mean, that's how you're going to make money. Right. Don't let the, Oh, if I could just tweak my sales page or I need to make this email better or my logo's not great. Or my graphics aren't on point. Like just make the call,
0: just ask for the sale. Mm-hmm. Because the answer is always no, if you never ask and that sense of perfectionism, I have to have it done. I have to do this. I have to make this perfect here or there. It, it's the enemy of progress. It's never going to get you where you want to go. And especially in sales, if you're trying to craft the absolute perfect CTA, the absolute perfect sales page, like you're never, there's no such thing. And you're going to be missing out on all these calls that you could be making while you have kind of a crappy CTA or a crappy whatever. and it will only get you better by continuing to work towards that. I mean, you you can't just, yeah. you're not necessarily born with sales, like a sales gene. I mean, some people you say are natural born salesmen, but I don't think most of us are. I think it's not necessarily a personality trait. It's a learned skill. And, and it can it be a learned skill though. And that's the whole thing. And I love what you're saying because I loved my telemarketing
1: days um, or telesales days. And it's interesting because I've often thought about like, whew, how some of the younger generations, how they would weather in that like old school telesales kind of, because it is just <laughs> a of rejections. Yeah. We can all laugh about it because we know. And um yeah, I, lo- I love that, that whole, like also knowing the time, like you knew your hot time to be able to yeah. do it and picking up the phone and actually just going through the, going through the motions with your script. And I love that you talk about the script too, because I actually teach a whole course on sales scripting and why it's important and how you utilize it. It's not verbatim. It is that flow and that like you make it your own and you find you're you're weaving through what you need to do in order to accomplish X. And I love all of the points that you made. Um, so how, how would you say that you would apply that today? Because a lot of people aren't smiling and dialing.
2: They're not. And so when I work with my course creators, I really work with them on accessing their selling superpowers. And I think that the key to that is you always need to be asking for the sale, but you don't necessarily need to be doing all the things. You don't need to be doing the things that you see other people doing. You know, I always say the worst sales or marketing strategy for you to pick is the one you're gonna avoid doing at all costs, right? If you do not like video, then do not do video. If you don't wanna be on social media, that's fine. You don't have to be on social media, but you do need to be able to um, do SEO and all those things where we get people back to our website without having to do social media. You have to be willing to pick up the phone if you're not gonna do social media. Like there's, there's lots of different ways to market and sell in our business. And I think it's really important that we take some time to figure that out. And we take some time to say, okay, what comes easy to me? What lights me up? That's how I'm gonna market it. And then we put a strategy in place that helps us leverage that, right? And so when I'm working with my audience members, we start by borrowing other people's audiences. That's what I work. When I start with my course creators, that's what we start with. We're going to access your selling superpowers by borrowing audiences. And really, the system is all about getting that traffic back, right? Because like we all, all three of us just said, sales is a numbers game. You got to get out there. You've got to get people back to your, in, in this digital world, you got to get people back to your sales page, whether that's you picking up the phone and talking to people in your uh, in your niche, in your industry and saying, hey, I've got this great thing going on. Have you looked at it? What, like, what do you think? Whether it's you putting an email campaign together, however you want to do that, the way that I teach people to do it is by borrowing other people's audiences. So that really is about, you know, I, I like to say you're going to basically Borrow other people's audiences like Marvel did with infinity war and make a buttload of money. Right. The, it, I, for those of you who have watched in, infinity war and game, like there were tons of casts in there from other movies and Marvel totally had people, new people buying merchandise from movies they hadn't seen before because they were in an in infinity war or watching other things. Like it was insanely profitable for Marvel. And so I'm, I I'd like to teach my audience, like if they can do it, so can we. And it starts with, Really figuring out who serves the same audience as you, but doesn't do what you do, right? Who has your audience, your prospective client sitting in their community, just waiting for you to meet them.
1: I love that. I often talk about like who has your hands or their hands in your prospect pool. Like, um, and this is something that both Amanda and I love we talk about all the time. And that was one of the reasons why we were super stoked to have you on this call, because that's a very like minded um, mindset that all of us have. And it's funny, because, you know, I'm thinking of like, okay, like giving people a real life example is what we're doing right now, you're on our podcast, we're giving you exposure. So technically, you're kind of borrowing our our audience to be able to see, okay, who's going to float over with little mechanisms that will come with it. And it is it is, the best way to do it because we're bringing you on, you're leveraging our our credibility with our audience and vice versa, right? So yeah. vice versa is you, we spoke about it earlier and you're going to write a blog about it. So then all of your audience is going to be experiencing us. And it's just this beautiful <laughs> this beautiful collaboration. Episode. I'm I'm laughing because I literally last night uh I'm in this new group and I was seeing all these text messages back and forth about uh a course, a live workshop. And this woman wants to essentially um her course her workshops are only every four weeks, and she wants to find other people who will do workshops and fill in the four weeks, however. She wants to get a commission from that, but yet there's like, there's, there's not necessarily the collaborative part, right? There is the, I'll help fill the room with my people, but I want to be paid. And I was like, wow, you can look at it that way. But to me, that's not necessarily being strategic and collaborative. However, that does work for other people. And it's just really interesting to watch people navigate that kind of dynamic and really, which ones are the longest term win-wins, right? The most effective win-win, and it is exactly what you're teaching your course creators.
2: Yeah, because it really, for me, I always say it has to come, and something you said right there, Lynn, was, you know, she there's there's something she's trying to accomplish at the end of it. And so I always say, like, we can run ourselves ragged trying to borrow like all the audiences in the in the world. Um, and, and we get FOMO because we see like, find a guest podcast post, we, we see, you know, call for speakers, we see like do a guest blog post, we see all these things coming into our inbox or on our social media feeds. And we feel like, Hey, we should jump at all of them. And a lot of the time we don't, we don't stop to figure out what it is we're trying to sell. So my system really goes from, I always say if there, if your course or product or whatever you're selling, isn't selling, there's either a traffic problem there's an authority problem. They don't see you as the expert or there's a conversion problem. There's a problem taking them from audience member to buyer, right? So I always say we need to, and this is the teacher in me, right? Plan with the end in mind. That's what we learn in Teachers College, right? I always say, what are you trying to sell? Like if somebody comes to me and they're like, you know, oh, I've been speaking on these stages. I've already these podcasts. I'll say to them, that's great. What were you trying to sell as a result of them? Oh, I was just trying to get my name out there. And what were you selling? right? Because you can try to get your name out there till the cows come home, but we want to make sure that that's going to result in sales. So mm-hmm. I always start with, with my course creators, it's their course, but like for whoever in your audience, what are you trying to sell? And then you're going to work backwards from there because you want to make sure that what you're pitching, whether it's to podcasts, blogs, you know, to speak on stages, somehow ties back into whatever you're selling. So for my audience, I always say to them, okay, what are the themes of your course, like, let me look at your outline. What are the themes? What are we seeing? Ooh, this would be a topic that everybody's talking about right now. So for example, if it was a course on YouTube, I would say to them, people want to know how to use YouTube shorts to get the people back to their YouTube channel. That's something you could do. Basically you're going on like, like it's, and again, I'm going to talk about movies and TVs because like, that's where I think in movie and TV lines, but like a new movie comes out, they go on a press tour, right? You're basically going on a press tour all the time. And what you're doing is you're making sure that what you're talking about is what you're selling, right? If you get a, let's just say right now, like the Oscars are coming up, people are going on, they're doing like the press tours. They're not talking about movies they starred in two years ago. They're talking about whatever they're nominated for, right? Same with you guys. If you're doing a press tour right now, you said you have a book out, right? That's what you're going to be talking about. You're going to be talking about your book. So, how can you make sure that whatever you're talking about while you're borrowing audiences ties back to what you're selling so that When you invite them inevitably back to your authority island, and that's what I call your place on the internet where you're the expert, whether it's your YouTube channel, your podcast, your Instagram feed, your Facebook group, you know, your blog, whatever it is, you want to make sure like, hey, I'm talking, we're meeting, this is awesome. If anybody's interested, come on, come on back, come on back to my authority island. And that when you're there, when they come and join you there and you start talking to them, they're like, oh, of course she sells this thing about this because that's what she was talking about on Amanda and Lynn's podcast right we want to make it so seamless that they're like they know exactly what they're getting into just by hearing you talk i mean how much easier would that make sales
1: oh absolutely
2: <laughs> absolutely
1: i talk in like red and green flags all the time and like the the inconsistencies even in i know this is super small but even in like if you're doing ads and you have a different font Um, between the two different ads and that you're completely running. But even like with speaking, like if you're not having all of it going towards the same kind of area, essentially you're popping up little red flags, subconscious red flags that is going to make it harder for them to even like see the sale, let alone buy the sale or convert in the sale. So I I love that you said that. Sorry, Amanda.
0: No, there's no, everything. I just feel like I'm nodding. I'm like, yes, reach it. Tell them. Just tell us, man Samantha, praise it, sing it. Yes, I, I feel like everything you said is right on point. It's so important to know what you're selling, to sell what you're selling, and to not be afraid to talk about it because I, I, I'm just going to call it one of my clients and they, they don't know who they are. Maybe they do. They'll, they'll listen to this podcast and be like, I think she's talking about me. Where they're just, they don't want to tell people too much about their sales because they don't want to seem pushy. Like, oh, well, I just, I post about it like once a month. And I'm like, once a month? Awesome. You think that these people are gonna be just so die hard into your feed that they're looking for that once a month post about your one thing that you sell? Like, no, you need to be talking about it all the time. You have to talk about your sales to get sales, you have to reach out to people, you have to create a larger audience, you have to it's traffic. Like you said, there there's all that traffic conversion. That's it's hundred percent it. If it's if it's, something's not selling. There's something messed up in your process or something messed up in your strategy. And, you know, a lot of times it is traffic. Sometimes it's the conversion. Sometimes it's little things, but for sure, if you're not talking about your sales process and you're not talking about the sale, good luck getting a sale.
2: Good luck. Yeah, because we are not content creators, but I feel like we get so confused because people start telling us like, here's how to use this platform or here's how to do this thing. And they're showing you how to use it. They're showing, they're giving you ideas, but nobody is like showing you, I can probably count on my one hand, the amount of people who I work and I refer my, my clients to them and my audience to them, because I know that they talk about their platform, but they talk about how to sell. Like they talk about, here's how you're going to build your authority. Here's how you're going to convert it. Right? So I teach them, Hey, like if it's email marketing, I'm like, Hey, here's how borrow people's audiences, get people on your list. And then if that's your authority island, I know this person who's going to teach you how to be the authority, create and establish your expertise to the people on your list. And she's going to show you how to sell, right? I have somebody else I refer to on TikTok, exact same thing. Here's how to borrow your audience. Here's how to get people back to your TikTok channel. Now go to this person. She's going to teach you how to create content. And she's going to show you how to sell on TikTok right? It's, we end up taught, we end up learning from these people who are teaching us how to be content creators. And then we end up in the friend zone and we can't figure out why. Right. And I call it the friend zone. Yes. I said, I didn't do the dating game, uh, the online dating world, but I do, I did pick up the friend zone. Um, and I actually picked it up from a, a season one episode of the TV show friends where he's like, Joey we him he's the mayor of the friend zone? Cause he's had a thing for Rachel for years and it's not done anything. Right. I'm talking about Ross. Right. Yes. But think about like, we all know what friend zone is, right we start creating content and our audience then identifies us as a content creator. So when we start to ask them for something and we're like, Hey, you can buy, you know, my shirt, my course, my book, whatever. They're like, what? I don't pay you. I don't know. And they, they're like, I don't know how you get paid, but normally (laughs) I come here, you give me stuff for free. And that's the relationship we have. Right. And so we end up in the friend zone and it's like, I don't know, for me, I just, I remember when I got there, when I first started my business and I was still figuring out, because even though I had done sales before, I had been at a sales and marketing for a while and, and you go into your business. And like I said, you don't, you forget, right? You don't know how you're going to monetize this. People just tell you, get your name out there. And I remember I ended up in the friend zone when I first started my business and I was like, oh my goodness, how did I end up here? And so mm-hmm. then of course I like sit down, I reverse engineer it. And I go, oh, that's why I've only been creating content. I've not said, like, I've not figured out how I'm going to monetize this. So I just never talked about sales. And so my audience was like, yeah, I don't really, no, no, like, yeah. we don't, that's not how this works. <laughs> right? And it, it almost, I was almost starting from scratch again. And, and I feel like I'm not the only person with that story.
1: Not at all. Not at all.
2: Right. So I I'm like, like hey, how can program. we make this? How can I so and basically, what I did was once I figured out my system, I was like, "Okay, now I'm going to teach other people this, and I, it's simple, it's leverageable, it's easy because I don't have a lot of time, right? I need to be in my zone of genius, not necessarily out there selling constantly, but I still have to balance both because I'm the business owner
1: absolutely, absolutely.
2: what do you what would you say that you love
1: the most about the sales aspect of business or dislike? You can give us a dislike
2: I think of sales, I mean, it's always, you're always putting yourself out there. And I mean, it never like it gets easier and it never completely goes away. You're always checking to see, like, you know, what's what was the for me, I'm always like, okay, who clicked on what? Was it, did they like this subject email subject line better than this one? Like I'm always looking at the data. But for me, the thing I love the most about sales is the strategy. Like I absolutely love being able to sit down and go, okay, here's the, here's the market. Or the niche that I'm going to go into. Here's the positioning. Here's what I'm going to offer them, and you basically get to go out and like meet new people and find out new things. And and like when we were talking about scripts, you know, the the strategy, the script that I used when I first started in telesales wasn't the same one that I was using when I was done because I went out there, I tried things, I tweaked things, I did you know, I said it a different way. If that landed, then I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to change it over here, right? And so that's the process I really like is that strategy and that like finding, finding stuff out and, and really getting to know my audience even better. That's the part that I love the most. And, and I think if you can do that, you can start creating two-way engagement with your audience because you're talking to them. And when you can get that two-way engagement, that's when you're going to start seeing sales because they're going to start giving you feedback. Like, Hey, Samantha, I really wish that, you know, this course had this piece or, you know, love the shirt, but want it in blue right? Or whatever it is. So it's very much that strategy piece and that going out there and talking to people. Cause I always say like, I'm actually an introvert, but I'm, I'm the like I'll go out, I'll talk to anybody. And then when I come home, it's when my introvertness kicks in and I'm like, I don't, I need to like relax and be myself. (laughs) Yeah, Like I'm totally, yeah. Right. But, but I, I feel like that's the thing I like the most. That's what gets me the most excited. I guess you can tell because I'm kind of (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm jumping yeah. up with joy on this. We are all about passion and I love
1: that. And I love that you talk about two-way engagement Um, for a few years. I owned a franchise and we talked about essentially referral relationships and developing stronger referral partnerships and sources, et cetera. And, and one of the things that we did talk about is like leveraging the the feedback or the opinion of others because it does build a deeper relationship. So I love that you talked about that two-way two-way communication or two-way sales essentially is that essentially what you're doing is not only getting feedback on like maybe a new course or an addition par- additional part of the course and you're strengthening that relationship with them because they're feeling heard and seen. And people love to feel heard and seen, especially in today's world. And so I love that you talk about that because I think that it's essential. And I love that you talk about that from an online standpoint. Um, and I know that you don't just do online standpoint, however, with online courses, etc. Like I feel like that is really important. Um, so I love that little piece of nugget that you threw in there as well
2: well we are because
1: we love to honor our time we are coming uh close to the end what is if there's one piece of advice that you would want people to leave with what would that be
2: the biggest thing I want them to do so that they don't end up in the friend zone is to make sure that they know exactly what all their sales and marketing is driving sales for. Pick a product, create a sales strategy around it and go nuts. But don't just start creating content and and doing all the things without knowing exactly where you're driving people to, because there needs to be a connection between what you're selling and all the marketing and content creation that you're doing. Otherwise your, your audience is not going to, they are not going to connect the dots. And when you try to connect the dots, you may be in the friend zone. So that is my biggest piece of advice that I want everybody to walk away with.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So where and how can people, what is your island? Where can people find you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. They can always find me um, right now. I'm hanging out a lot on LinkedIn, but you can go to my website, HeySamanthaKing.com and really find out, you know, where I'm hanging out, what I'm doing. Like I said, it's LinkedIn right now, but I'm all about that social audio. So a lot of the time it's a LinkedIn uh, audio event, which is super fun. And I I always tell people, come on over. If you really are interested in this and you want to access your selling superpower, then I've got a free gift. I I kind of do that Oprah thing when I come on these shows. Everybody gets a free gift. Um, They can head on over And I know you guys are gonna put the link in the show notes and they can get my guide 10 plus ideas on how to borrow other people's audiences. And in there, I also include the strategy to figure out which borrowing audience approach is right for you. And it's a free gift for them to check out and take this to the next level.
1: I love the Oprah. You get a gift. Well, you get a car. You I get a gift. That. You get a car. Get I love car. that. I love that. And before we jump off, who is your ideal fellow island mates? Then, because we know that we you you don't take everybody, right? We're not everybody's cup of tea. So, who's your ideal people?
2: So my ideal. Do you mean my ideal uh, like community or the people I borrow audiences with? <laughs> <laughs> Either whichever one you want to give us. Well, I typically work with course creators who are either they've got a course and it's not selling or they would like somebody to take a look at their course to figure out what tweaks they can make to make their course generate leads for their more expensive offers. That's something I I love to teach people how to do. Or if they're just like, I need to create a course and I need help, then those are the people that I tend to work with. If it's, you know, I want to sell my course then I've got my $9 a month membership. They sell your course membership. And for those, like, I'm always looking to collaborate and I'm always looking to brawl. Like, I know you guys would both be great guests to bring in front of my audience because you talk about sales and I'm always on the sales. I'm on the sales, uh, sales hamster wheel talking to people. Um, but I have so many people, if you work with course creators and you're like, hey, Samantha, you know what, I think I can help your audience now that you know who they are, then by all means, let's chat.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, it's definitely been a pleasure having you on.
0: Yes, very much so. Thank you so much for, I feel like I just want to go to your website now. Thank you so much for all that information. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Samantha. So again, everybody check out the show notes uh, for all the links and the freebie. We love a good freebie. Um, And check Samantha out. She's hanging out mostly on LinkedIn nowadays, but we'll have all of her links in our show notes. So definitely check her out. So thanks again, Samantha. Let's get after it. Let's get after it. All right, everyone. It's not enough to just listen. Now you've got to put it into action. We are so excited to see what you do next. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes. And to find out more about what we're doing, visit us at thepursuedbadassery.com.